It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and counseling. I have a few questions for you this morning. Are you struggling with low moods this winter? And I think a lot of people are. Have you ever thought there may be a connection to your low moods and your nutrition? Maybe you've had low moods and anxiety for a long time. You know, when I'm working with individ- when I'm working individually with a client who is struggling with depression, I always try to ask, "When did your low moods start? Did you have low moods and anxiety as a child? Did it start at puberty or in college or after you had the flu?" Hmm, that's an interesting you know, you have depression or anxiety after the flu. Hmm. After the birth of your last child. I've heard that one many, many times. Did it start in menopause? Oh, yes, we've had that one. And maybe after a surgery. That's another new interesting question to think. You know, I try to help clients pinpoint when the low mood started and what nutritional imbalance were occurring. And that's a new thought even there, that there might be something to depression and low moods and lack of good nutrition. You know, we have all learned that weight loss is so much more than calories in and calories out. And we believe depression and anxiety is so much more than a new antidepressant that's being advertised. I love that statement. (laughs) (laughs) So joining me today as our co-host is Cassie Wienis, who is a registered and licensed dietitian and always talks about nutrition in a way that you want to jump on her nutrition bandwagon. So welcome, Cassie. We are talking about how low moods are affecting people today. You know, Sunday, while I was preparing for the show, and I took a break and read a couple of articles in the science and health section of the Star Tribune. And I don't know if you noticed, but did you see the article titled, In the Who Needs a Nap Category? It was a single mom's rule. That's the title of that. Isn't that interesting? Yes, I did see that. And in that article, as you know, Dar, there was a report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and they stated that 44% of single moms with kids under the age of 18 don't get the needed seven hours of sleep a night. Makes I bl- sense, I believe right? that, sure. Single moms, that's a lot on your shoulders. But it also stated that while those single mothers are at most risk for sleep deprivation, 33% of families with two parents, the sleep habits were still less than seven hours a night. You know, Cassie, when I was reading that article, I thought of you. Because when your son was a baby, you wouldn't even get five hours of sleep a night. You know, why did this article catch my attention? This is why, because the last line in the article said, people who are sleep deprived are at a greater risk for heart disease, diabetes, and depression. I think you should repeat that last sentence. I don't think people know that a lack of sleep can have such serious consequences. So we're at, people are really at a greater risk for heart disease, diabetes, and depression. 
Yes. You know, and to your point, you thought of me kind of sad when you read that article, but yeah, there were... I can't make this uh, up. No, no, you know the story. And and a lot of listeners, I'm sure, the longtime listeners anyway, know the story that Riley from day one had got gastroesophageal reflux disease. Some people call it GERD. I usually just called it baby heartburn. <laughs> But he was uncomfortable, so he wasn't sleeping. So if he wasn't sleeping, I wasn't sleeping well, and it was not the greatest scenario. Um, and again, the longtime listeners, I'm sure, remember that by the time he turned four, I think we finally got the diagnosis. Yes, he was four, and he has celiac disease, so that's a gluten allergy. We also found out that he has a dairy allergy. Once we took the gluten and dairy out... He slept great and his reflux went away, but that was four years until we figured that out. So, so you had about four years of less than maybe, certainly less than four, seven hours of sleep, maybe more like four or five hours of sleep, maybe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right around five hours of sleep. I was probably getting, say, Dar, I haven't said hello to those oh. kids yet. Oh, okay. Oh, my two biggest fans listening back home. So I think you have more than that. Well, I probably have a few fans, yeah. yeah. Your mom. My mom, my husband, but um, the kids always like it when I say hi. So hello to my fourth grader who's listening back home, and hello to my second grader. And now they are really good sleepers. But no, back then, yeah, maybe around five hours of sleep a night. So what's her name again? You said Riley. And? Riley's my fourth grader, and Marissa is my second grader yes. who wants to be on, on the, the radio, radio show. So, so we have if, to bring her on. If you ever need a break, Dar, we'll just uh, okay. bring her in and stick her over there. Huh? Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> so Cassie, did the lack of sleep when you were going through that, that was for several years, right. did it affect your moods at all? You know... Well, what, maybe I should ask Scott that. Maybe you should ask Scott. <laughs> that's, that's really true because what I remember is, I remember being really happy to be a mom. I was just, yes. I was really ready at that point to be a mom and I was... So happy to have that little baby. I I was very fatigued. My anxiety level was up. I okay. know that. Okay. So it wasn't your moods, but it was your anxiety mm-hmm. level. Yes. So something as simple as a lack of sleep can lead to low moods, fatigue, and as Cassie would say, anxiety. Right. So let's explore this topic of low moods even more. You know, a weight and wellness dietitian is joining us today to share her thoughts and research about low moods. Stephanie Siba, I got it. I did that, Eva. (laughs) Joined Nutritional Weight and Wellness about four months ago and sees clients in our Mendota Heights location. She also sees people at our Lakeville office. And Stephanie has had over, is is this right, eight years experience helping clients reach their nutritional goals. And she's also a fitness, you know, uh, trainer too. So they, she helps them reach their fitness goals. You know, not only is Stephanie a registered and licensed dietitian, as I said before, she's a certified fitness trainer. She runs marathon and does kettlebells. And she recently developed a new recipe for us for our new cancer class. And it is called kale quinoa chicken salad. I want this recipe. (laughs) So, Stephanie, where do you start when a client comes in and has low moods or depression? Welcome to the show. Thanks, This is your first time. I know. I'm so excited. I remember hearing the show five years ago. And that kale recipe was a lot of fun to make. A lot of trial and error. 
Um, where do we start? I ask a lot of questions. That's why we have a lengthy health history, about 12 pages. Mm-hmm. And we talk about when did this depression start? What are the nutrition dependencies that seem apparent? And I personally know that starting to eat the weight and wellness way, I have found that my anxiety lifted. I used to have really bad anxiety before. I, I just wasn't eating enough protein and fat, and we'll talk about all that. But that I wasn't eating enough to support my brain chemistry. So you've actually had some personal experience. Personal with experience, yep. Yep, and I think people like to come in and see, you know, dietitians or nutritionists who actually can feel it and know what we're what they're going through. Absolutely. And that's all of us, isn't it? I right. mean, you may not get it just right. from hearing us here and there on the radio show, but we all have a backstory as to why exactly. nutritional weight and wellness has become so important for us. Yeah, we're so passionate about so, it. Then. Yes, yes. And and Stephanie, I would bet before you found nutritional weight and wellness, you didn't even know that the food you choose to eat each day affects your anxiety and your moods. Absolutely not. Um, and don't you remember, Cassie, in school? And I think um, now, especially in January, women get into this, I need to follow a diet, I got to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. It's on every magazine cover, commercial. And what they do is they fall back into those old habits of calories in, calories out. I got to cut back on my calories to lose weight. And then they're hangry. Yes. Yes. And what does that mean? (laughs) Crabby, tired, and hangry. I've been there for sure. We need an urban dictionary here to find out some of these words. But yes, crabby, tired, hungry. And I, I think you're exactly right, Stephanie. A lot of women are looking for a shortcut this time of year, especially to losing weight. And so they think, well, I'll just start skipping meals because less calories must equal eventually a less weight on the scale. But what happens when you skip meals? A lot of people can relate. You get really tired. You get irritable. By the time you walk through the door in the evening, when you're getting home from work, you are ready to eat whatever is in front of you because those cravings have set in. But I see it time and again when I'm teaching classes or seeing clients. It's really hard to get that calories in, calories out message out of people's brains, but mm-hmm. it's a false message. It is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It is hard to get it out of their brain. Mm-hmm. It seems logical, though. Okay, I'm going to cut my calories. I'm going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. But we know as biochemically that that's not what happens. We need real food to fire up that metabolism. And I've worked with so many women who come to the gym. They haven't eaten. And their their workouts suffer because they don't have energy to complete a good workout. I, yes, I bet you have worked with a lot of people like mm-hmm. that. So I think we need time? to yep come okay. back to that thought when we get back from break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, this is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Before we go to break, I'd like to give you a question to think about. And Dar, you kind of asked it at the beginning. Do you have the winter blues? If you do, it could be as simple as a low vitamin D level that you need to fix. Now, most vitamin D experts are recommending that you get your blood level of vitamin D between 50 and 80 to really feel your best, to really feel good. If you're that person that can hardly wait to get home from work because you just want to curl up and go to sleep, or maybe you want to curl up and eat some potato chips and ice cream. I've heard that one so many times from people. Right? It's not just the weather outside. It's probably a low vitamin D level, although those two can be interrelated. So if you haven't had your vitamin D level checked yet, please get it checked. I found out just a few years ago that I was very low in vitamin D. Mm -hmm. 
And I've been working here for a decade. I eat very well. I, I take a variety of supplements, but I wasn't taking vitamin D and I was really low. Now I take at least 4,000 to 5,000 international units every day during these winter months. So something to think about. You know, I also give my kids, I had their vitamin D levels checked. They were both low, mm-hmm. my 10-year-old and my 8-year-old. So sure. one gets exactly two or 3,000 a day and the other gets 3,000 every day. Okay. Um. So think about that. And if you have questions for us today regarding low moods or depression or anxiety, give us a call here at the studio at 651-641-1071. And we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, have you realized there is a connection between your aches and pains and your nutrition? Kind of what you're putting in your mouth. Or have you realized that there is a connection between your low moods and your nutrition, low moods. Or have you realized that there is a connection between your sleep problems and your nutrition? And people don't realize that one I had no idea. And when I started here 10 years ago, I had awful insomnia. And then you taught me that blood sugar thing, and it was like this huge light bulb went on. And I was so mad nobody had told me that. Yes. So, and do you know that there's a huge connection between your memory and your nutrition? So, if you need some answers, join us for the next six weeks at one of our four weight and wellness classes. So, starting next week, Tuesday the 2nd, in St. Paul or at Eden Prairie, we're going to be there on Tuesdays. And we're on Wednesday, we're going to be in Maple Grove. And on Thursday, February 4th in North Oaks. So to learn more, go to our website, weightandwellness.com, or call 651-699-3438. And, and if you have any questions about this, just call that number. We we answer yes. all your questions. All the front desk ladies are so great about helping you figure out if it's really a good fit for you, or you know maybe they'll say, you know what, maybe you want an individual consultation first. But yeah, you can ask all kinds of questions, ask the price, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And Dar, can I do a little sure. shameless plug right here? <laughs> I'm going to be teaching the Weight and Wellness Series starting February 3rd at the Maple Grove location. That's a Wednesday night, and it runs from 6.30 at night to 8.30. So if you're interested in learning some life-changing nutrition information, do consider signing up for the six-week series if you're in that Maple Grove area. It's going to be a lot Cassie, of fun. Cassie, I don't even live in that Maple Grove area, and I think I'm going to sign up. <laughs> yes. Come on out. Wait, you would make me nervous in the audience. <laughs> so we were talking about many different things before we went on break. Just, you know, if you think about this, a lack of nutrition slows your metabolism. But every deficiency of nutrients robs the brain of the feel-good brain chemicals. You know, 50 years ago, gosh, you know, when I say these things, I go, wow, how old are you? (laughs) You know, 50 years ago, when I was taking psychology classes at the U of M, at the University of Minnesota, there was not much known about the complexity of brain chemistry. But then in the past 40 years, more and more information about brain chemicals have been discovered. And generally, we know now have a better understanding of how our brain works. Generally, more and more people are getting that, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, well, remember that the brain is such a complex organ. I think a typical adult brain has about 100 billion, with a B, brain cells, and they all need nutrients. 
And what I find even more fascinating is that there are about a thousand synaptic connections per brain cell. So, Stephanie, you just said there's a hundred billion. I can't do that math. Brain cells. (laughs) Yeah, we need my fourth grader to do that math. And then a thousand synaptic connections per brain cell. Now, when I say synaptic connections, that simply means there's this synapse in between the brain cells that are talking to each other. A synapse is just an open space. So every thought we have, every action, every emotion involves the communication across this open space. And I think that's kind of a new concept for a lot of people, too, is that every action, every emotion is part of our brain chemistry. So we have brain chemicals that we call neurotransmitters that carry messages from one cell to the other. The brain chemicals called neurotransmitters, they have special names that a lot of people have heard before. You know, they've heard of serotonin, they've heard of dopamine. Not so many people have heard of GABA or norepinephrine, but there are some. And we have a lot of these brain chemicals. So most people, again, have heard of serotonin because, you know, the antidepressants such as Prozac help serotonin work a little bit better for some people. For a little while. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make serotonin, but it helps it work a little bit better. Right. For some people. Mm-hmm. And our brain is, is really who we are, our memory, our beliefs, our unique self. And some research researchers even believe our metabolism is controlled by our brain. Now, that's a kind of a new concept, too, right. that our brain controls our metabolism. Right. But, I th- you know, I think it's definitely like, you know, people don't realize that our brain, well, I think with memory, yes. Right. But our beliefs? Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and who we are. I mean, that's kind of amazing. Right. And it's so important to realize that we need specific nutrients to make the brain chemicals you were talking about, Dar, so that we can be our best selves. So if you're experiencing low moods or depression, the first question to ask yourself is, what am I eating each day? Specific questions that I used to ask my clients that were having low moods would be things like, what type of protein did you eat for breakfast this morning? And, you know, hopefully <laughs> they'd look at you You know like, what? A lot of times it would be peanut butter yeah. as an answer. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Or, or nothing. Yeah. Or nothing. That was me back in the day before I found nutritional weight and wellness. But we're going to talk a bit about how peanut butter doesn't really cut it. But things like eggs or maybe some leftover steak, these are the answers I was always looking mm-hmm. for because we need animal protein to build up our levels of serotonin, dopamine, and all the other 73 brain chemicals they've identified so far. If you're eating oatmeal for breakfast or cold cereal or toast, these don't have the animal protein needed to build our brain chemicals or what Dar was calling our neurotransmitters. Those things, cereal and toast, they don't make for a balanced breakfast. So when we're low in protein, we often are depressed, tired, and have a slow metabolism. Even our thyroid gland needs protein to function efficiently now and effectively. And it's kind of interesting that we have so many people coming in again because they have thyroid issues these days. And then you ask them, what are you eating for breakfast? And what are we getting again? Either a muffin or nothing. A nothing. So... 
Right. And low moods, or, or maybe it's better to say good, the chemistry of good moods. Let's do a little bit positive here. How do we make those good moods? It's important to have about three to four ounces of animal protein with each meal. And we have our clients weigh four ounces because women kind of eyeball it and then they're not eating enough. I mean, even us old veterans that have been doing this for a right. long time, if I don't start to weigh my food every once in a while, I'm eating three ounces of protein. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I, and I haven't weighed for a while, but when we first got those scales at our office star mm-hmm. that we were selling, I bought one and I thought, I'm going to try this. And I was pleasantly surprised to find that I wasn't eating enough because I love protein. So it gave me the green light to eat more. Right. And then two to three ounces of protein with each snack. So again, making sure that you're getting enough. It's like you said, Cassie, peanut butter, it's it's not a protein that makes our brain chemicals. It's a healthy fat. Right. But yeah, not a not a protein. Or soy. Soy protein doesn't make those neurotransmitters. But whey protein is a great source. Same with cottage cheese, plain yogurt. Steak, turkey, chicken, salmon, anything I always say that you could hunt or fish. Or I think Brenna says, if it had a mother, that's a, that's a protein. <laughs> oh, I like that. There you go. Mother. Great way to think no about it. No peanut butter mothers. <laughs> no, no. Oh, cute. Well, you know what? We're going to talk more about all these delicious foods when we come back. But it's time for another break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you didn't hear us at the start of the show, introduce ourselves. I'm Cassie Wienis, licensed dietitian. I'm here with Stephanie Skiba, who's also a licensed dietitian. And we have Dar Kavist with us, owner of Nutritional Weight and Wellness and licensed nutritionist. Before we break, I want to just take a minute to remind listeners that hundreds of people have taken the Weight and Wellness series of classes over the last... Oh, about 15 years or so. And I just have a couple of comments here from some class members that I want to share with all of you. Here's one from Sarah. Sarah says, I took the weight and wellness series and I learned from every single class, but class five on heart health was especially helpful and interesting. And then here's a comment from Joan. She says, this class series not only gave me important information, it also provided me with with help in what I should be eating. She says it's not enough to simply say what we shouldn't eat. I am so impressed with how this class and company are run. End of quote. And as a nutrition educator myself, I love teaching this series of classes. Time and again, I hear feedback from class participants who say it is so empowering to learn all of this important information that will help them make good food and good lifestyle choices. Now, Dar's goal is to have this class series taught all over the world. Well, at least all over the United States. At, well, <laughs> I think we are so close to that with the Internet and the way we, we have classes up online. Yes. So we are working on this goal, Dar, one group at a time. So if you've taken the series already, encourage a friend to take it. Or better yet, maybe you could both take it. And then if you want, go out for a cup of tea afterwards and sort of rehash everything you've learned. Make a fun time of it. If you want more information about this class series, you can call the ladies at the office this morning at 651-699-3438 or go to our website at weightandwellness.com. Questions about depression or low moods today? Call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are discussing how to eat right, to think right. To make it eating right, let's just make it simple. Make a list of 21 of your favorite foods each week. 
So here are some ideas for protein. Fish, especially salmon, chicken, turkey, beef, pork, eggs. So think of making a grocery list, right? Yeah. Drop those things down and then you have them. Yeah. And it's, this is like, kind of like everyday real foods, right? Right. And then under the fat category, just think avocados, olive oil, olives, nuts, and butter. And I like to have an avocado always so that I can just dice a little up and throw it on top of a salad. And going back to that protein list, I like to put chicken on my salad. I love to put leftover steak on my salad. You know, uh, I was at Mississippi Market yesterday picking up a few things, and I noticed those little packs of nut butters. Mm-hmm. So people that are really on the go and they need a little bit of fat, maybe with their half an apple and a little bit of maybe chicken or something, those little packets of nut butters are great. Yes, yes. I like, eat those I, all the time. The Justin's brand yes. has those, and yeah. And I used to use those as goo when I was running. Oh. And, and then, oh, sure. Just kind of Better than the right. packet of sugar. <laughs> I know, exactly. And then the little olive-to-go packs right. is another thing right. if, if you like olives. It's thinking of on-the-go. Absolutely. So I think a lot of people think in terms, if we say carbs, they are going to think in terms of bread, bread, pasta. pasta. So I say think color. My old bad habits. (laughs) Color. Oh, that's good. Think color. (laughs) So beans or berries, organic apples, peppers, squash, spinach, kale, tomatoes, sweet potato, broccoli. We can keep going. So we just put those on our shopping list. Yep. Protein, fat, carbs. I just counted. I ate 16 of those 21 foods in the last week. I'm doing pretty good. You are good. Yeah, that's that's great. And of course, we got to finish up with water. Water. Lots of good. Keep your kidneys happy. Yep. Filtered filtered water. Filtered water. Real foods. Just real food. And what I like to tell my kids, and I think this works for adults too, just remember that the magic number is three. And you just went through the three categories. Protein. Vegetable carbohydrate, preferably, mm-hmm. and a healthy fat. And every time you stop to eat, if you can get those three things on your plate, you're going to balance your blood sugar and feel good. And you're going to balance your brain chemistry. Yes. Which is even have, more, in, well, not more important, but it is really, really important. And certainly what today's topic is is about in large part. You know, just to kind of recap of what we were talking about before is... We have a lot of brain chemicals and a lot of brain cells, a lot, a lot, so many that we, it's hard to imagine. And then we have these little cells that need to talk to one another. And we have little chemicals that go from one cell to to the other called neurotransmitters. And we know that some of the names of neurotransmitters are like serotonin and dopamine and GABA and some of those words. And, those all come from how do we make these? That's the word. You know, they don't magically appear in our brain unless we make them, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And a big sub- substrate of that equation is animal protein. When you break down animal protein into its very basic building blocks, that's what we need in order to make our brain chemicals. Now, if you want to get off on a tangent, we also need some good bacteria mm-hmm. in there to complete the equation. But it's really animal protein that gives us all of those building blocks that we need to make serotonin, our feel-good brain chemical, and to make dopamine that gives us confidence and and a good self-esteem. And Mm -hmm. that's why we are such big proponents 
of animal protein. Exactly. So we, th- you know, people think better when they eat protein for breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Absolutely. And your moods are better and yeah, more focus. It just wonderful things happen when you start your day with animal protein. So Stephanie, we, we were just before we went on break, we were kind of at that place that we were talking about. How do you make good moods? Because that's what we really want to do is make good moods. Mm-hmm. How do you go about making good moods? Well, going back to eating enough protein and those rule of three of balancing your blood sugar. I've got to have a carb, a protein, and a fat, ideally every three hours to balance your blood sugars. Because that blood sugar chart, as Cassie was talking about, low blood sugars is when the anxiety and depression creep in. Don't we know from past experience before nutritional weight and wellness? You know, I taught a community ed class in Buffalo earlier this month. And as usually happens, I had a lady or two in the class who were eating peanut butter at breakfast time. And they thought they said to me, I thought I was eating protein. I was having peanut butter. And Stephanie, you mentioned before break that peanut butter just doesn't cut it. Some nutritionists some dietitians do call it a protein, but mm-hmm. it's a plant protein. And when we're talking about building brain chemicals and having good moods and getting rid of anxiety, we're talking about animal protein because that's what provides us with all of the building blocks. What I also thought was interesting in this class, and shout out to all the ladies that came to the Buffalo Community Ed Jumpstart Your Metabolism class. It was a small group, but it was a great group, and they were so engaged, and it was a lot of fun. There was another class member that night who didn't realize that whey protein powder Mm -hmm. counts as an animal protein. But whey protein powder, as we know, comes from milk. Milk comes from cows, so it is an animal protein. And if you're not in the habit of making a nice big breakfast in the morning, whey protein powder is a great, simple, delicious way to get it in. You know, throw it in a smoothie recipe. And we have a lot of those on our website, you know, weightandwellness.com. And you can look at a good smoothie shake recipe and get that whey protein powder in there. Yes. And it's good for the kids, too. If you have picky eaters that Mm -hmm. don't want to eat their protein, Mm -hmm. my 8-year-old Marissa loves to have a smoothie in the morning. And she's getting animal protein, whether she knows it or not. (laughs) You know, I have an interesting statistic here. As we talk about protein, I think this is fitting. Um. The statistics show that when we look at women between the ages of 50 to 64, 23% of them take antidepressants for low moods. That's a lot of people. It is. When you sit down and think that's almost one in four women. Mm -hmm. What's even more interesting is that when we look at men in that same age category, 50 to 64 years old, it's about 6% that take antidepressants. That's a big difference, isn't that? Mm-hmm. It is. And so don't you start thinking, well, what what's different in their diet? What's different in their diet? That's where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. And then I think, okay, well, as women, especially in college, and Stephanie, you remember, we're kind of taught to shy away from red meat because we want to keep a, a slim waistline. And, and when men love their their meat. You know, it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about they interviewed the the gentleman that was 101 years old and was out shoveling his neighbor's uh, sidewalk, cute. you know, and they asked him what he ate for breakfast every day. And they said and he said, bacon and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And he still had the energy to be out shoveling his neighbor's 
Smell. Yeah. Well, and the other piece of that animal protein, besides good moods, we need it to maintain muscle mass. Absolutely. Muscle is made of protein and water. So having enough protein. And I remember in college, a lot of my friends with in dietitian school, we are encouraged <laughs> to eat less, less yeah. meat, more of the processed grains. And I became a vegetarian and, and really struggled with low moods and low energy. So when you understand that chemistry of low moods, you understand we need protein to make our brain chemicals. It is so important. And sadly, we're already up against our last break, which means this hour is flying by. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we break, I have a helpful hint in regards to getting a great night's sleep. But first, I want to remind you that at the beginning of the show, we were talking about how lack of sleep can lead to depression, low energy, and anxiety. So you might be thinking, well, what are some safe and effective sleep aids? Now, the longtime listeners know I'm certainly not going to say Unisom or anything (laughs) like that. Let's think natural sleep aids. Now, personally, I mentioned earlier, I had awful insomnia before I came here. And Dar, you taught me some pretty easy fixes for that. And one thing I always, always do now is I always have a bedtime snack, a balanced bedtime snack. And with that snack, I take at least four magnesium glycinate. Mm -hmm. And this really helps me get a great night's sleep. And then you don't have any leg cramps either in the middle of the night. Helps with leg cramps. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Magnesium is kind of that magic mineral. It can help with a lot of things, but certainly sleep is one of them. So if you're having trouble with sleep, try that. Have a balanced bedtime snack excuse me, balanced bedtime snack, add three to four magnesium glycinate, give that a few nights and see if it works. If it doesn't, then you might want to consider adding on to that one or two NeuroCalm capsules. Again, that's NeuroCalm. We have both of these products on our website if you want to read more at weightandwellness.com. Just click on the products tab and you can read more about them. But again, balanced bedtime snack, three or four magnesium, that's a great starting place. And stay with us. We'll be right back. So welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I just want to remind people I will be teaching the Perimenopause Menopause Seminar March 19th at our St. Paul office. And nutrition educator Chris Knievel will join me in this. It's a five-hour seminar. And we make the most of that day very educational, but very functional. So people can ask questions, their own questions. And we have usually about 30 people. So it's not a huge, like 300 people or anything like that. It's a very intimate kind of discussion that we have a lot of information that most women have not heard before. So if you have a symptoms we usually try to answer your question and give a nutritional solution. So call 651-699-3438 to reserve your space. Did I mention that we also serve nice organic lunch and we also do a break? So it's just And you ca- serve a smoothie at the break. Yes. That was good. I shadowed that class a couple months ago and Dar's such a good teacher. She she just stood up there and said, What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> well, it is. As you were describing it when I took sat in on the class um back in May, it's so interactive. Right. And it didn't seem like five hours no. that we were sitting there. It really went fast. Mm-hmm. A lot of good information. Mm-hmm. So Apple guess, cider vinegar. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, apple cider vinegar. So there was a caller that didn't want to go on the air, and she was wondering if taking a tablespoon 
of apple cider vinegar. Now that we're talking raw mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar a day, if that is helpful. I don't know if she meant with depression or if she just meant overall, is that helpful for your health? So a lot of people take apple cider vinegar. And so why would they take that? And if they take it and they put it in water and drink it before a meal, it's usually like a teaspoon before a meal is what they do. So then you say, why Why would someone feel a little bit better if they took that? Like my cousin Patty, right? Yes, I know yes. she had this discussion with you. She takes it before she eats. Yes. Well, you know, it's basically puts a little more acid into their system, which tells me that that person is a little low on hydrochloric acid. That's all. And it's very helpful for a lot of people. I think it's sometimes hard to manage unless you're at home a lot and then it's okay. Uh, when people tell me that and that they feel better when they take it, then I usually recommend maybe taking a little bit of hydrochloric acid with their meal. Like we have a product that's called Orthodigestime and it has just a little bit of hydrochloric acid in it. You know, a lot of people have been on these acid blockers. Right. So they're really low on acid. Right. And they need a little bit more uh, hydrochloric acid. To help them digest. I think yes. we answered that question enough. I think so. I had tried that with Riley way back when mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. his reflux. And of course, I don't know, he was four or five at the time and the taste just yes. was too much for him. For, yes. I've tried it myself. I, I don't mind the flavor and... And it seemed to maybe kind of help, but I find that the ortho digestime that you mentioned are is more helpful for me. Mm-hmm. But th- everybody's different. I think it's easier to get into the habit of taking it before. Yes, yes. So, you know, we're really talking about moods today. So if you want to have good moods for a day, you know, try my simple plan. And honestly, I do this. I wake up and I think, what will I eat for breakfast to charge my brain chemistry? I know you do. I mean, I know I'm a little goofy, but... Yeah, well, we all are here at Nutritional Weight and <laughs> We know it takes protein, so I decide, well, am I going to have eggs cooked in butter with a side of vegetables today? Or should I have a turkey patty with a little leftover roasted vegetables? You know, I plan my meals to feel better, to think sharper, and to have that sense of well-being. And you can... Have good moods all day too, but just think about this. I actually plan my meals to think better because it's really important to me to be able to think, and and it makes the meal taste that much better, right? When you know, oh my goodness, I am feeding my brain. Yes. Not only does this taste great, but I'm feeding my brain. What a great choice! Uh, you know, when, I made with the amount of memory problems that we have in this nation. We have to start thinking this way, and it's like we have to take charge of our health. Rather yes. than, I don't know, popping another pill that doesn't work. And that probably affects our memory in a detrimental way right. in the long run. So, yeah, you know, for me, breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. But if I want to have good moods and great energy, really, all morning long, I need to have a significant snack about mid-morning. So maybe this is because I grew up on a cattle ranch. I don't know. But something <laughs> I enjoy having mid-morning is half of a leftover hamburger. Now, nobody would ever think of that, Cassie. You know, and when I first started at Nutritional Weight and Wellness and you guys were eating like hamburgers in the morning and leftover meatballs, I thought these people are weird, but I know I'm supposed to be here. So I, just, <laughs> I stuck it out. And after about a year, 
I started in on having leftovers in the morning, like the hamburgers and the meatballs, and I love it. It's delicious, and I mm-hmm. feel better. So, yeah, half of a hamburger, but we, we have to remember the magic number three, so I don't just eat that half of a hamburger. I might grab a few bell pepper strips for my vegetable carbohydrate out of the fridge, and then maybe a small handful of almonds for my healthy fat. Mm-hmm. Protein, carb, healthy fat. I have the magic number three and I feel good. This is so much better than grabbing a muffin in the morning. You're probably going to have a low mood after eating a muffin and certainly low energy. And I think probably a lot of listeners know that and they they realize that for themselves. Absolutely. And for breakfast, I'll do salmon and I'll saute an apple and butter. I know that's weird, but oh, that like, sounds good. Just try to change it up from the eggs. Yeah, and you could do a little cinnamon on the apple. Cinnamon, yeah, I'm getting more ideas. <laughs> um, but I, I know for me to keep a good mood for the afternoon, I have to have a very satisfying lunch. So yogurt and fruit for me is just—it will not give me a good mood, especially around three. Not enough protein. How not about this fat. one? I used to for lunch back in the day before mm-hmm. nutritional weight and wellness have a big apple and low fat pretzels. Oh. Because I was low-fat, high-carb. That's what they taught me in college. Oh, yep. Yeah. I remember getting an A on a paper for writing juice, skim milk, cereal, A+, plus, fat-free. Oh, no. <laughs> this is why we've created our clients, Stephanie. Oh, but then for lunch, I'll do a big pot of chili. Easy just to put it in the crock pot for the week. And then a couple scoops, a couple cups for lunch. And I put a ton of sour cream on top because I know that my brain needs protein, but it also needs that good fat to function. So around uh, 3 p.m., you know, we really have to stop the brain hunger that sometimes lasts until we go to bed. That was kind of an interesting term, brain hunger. So why does that come? Brain hunger comes from low blood sugar. You know, it's a brain hunger time, you know, that 3 o'clock. But it's also, for a lot of people, it's a high anxiety time in a low mood time. So to avoid that afternoon anxiety and depression, your brain needs a steady supply of nutrients and a steady supply of healthy glucose. So eat good food, eat real food. Thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you found this show valuable, please share it with a friend or a family member. Our message each week is to explain how eating real food supports your health and well-being. It's simple, but a powerful life message. And tune in next week. Brenna and Cara are going to talk about how your aches and pains are related to your nutrition. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.